Hello everyone and welcome back to the Bundesliga show brought to you by Over the Bar with your hosts myself Rory Petrie and of course Mark Broadhurst in Nuremberg. I hope you're all well. Uh, I guess we're all still cooped up in various national lockdowns so I hope everyone's keeping well. Um, But at least the football's still going and there's another entertaining weekend of Bundesliga action uh, of match week 20. Um, We did have one postponement actually because of the weather. Uh, Lots of snow and storms going around so unfortunately Armenia uh, did fall to the weather, but we still got lots of Bundesliga action to talk about in our usual show. Uh, so welcome along if you're coming back to us. If you're new and you like the show, please do subscribe. Uh, it always helps us. We're trying to push those subscribers numbers up. Uh, so yeah, if you watched a few times, you haven't clicked the red button yet, please do so. Uh, that would be fantastic. And if you're listening on an audio platform, as always, please do leave us a rating and a review. Um, so yeah, business as usual. We'll go over to Mark now for Mark's mystery anagram to go through uh, last week's, and of course, reveal this week's new one as well. So without further ado, Mark, over to you. Absolutely, yeah. So let, let's just recap uh, the one from week 19 last week, uh, which, as you can see on the bottom of your screen, was inhaler birth. So we did actually, we had two people who got the correct answer to this anagram this week. Yeah, so I'm just going to put your names up on the bottom of the screen. So congratulations to one of our regular watchers, actually two of our regular watchers. We had Gary Jones, yeah, who I know is a big fan of our show and also of uh, the League One show as well. And also Sprechensi Fußball as well. So thank you very much, guys. I don't know if you're a German guy or a, or a British or American guy. It'd be interesting to know where you're from, actually, Sprechensi Fußball. So if you can, uh, yeah, obviously, you've got a German name. Do you speak football, literally? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it'd be great to hear where are you from, uh, Sprechensi Fußball. So, yeah, but congratulations anyway for getting the correct answer, which was indeed, I didn't show you before, it was Hertha. Berlin. Okay, it was Hertha Berlin. Obviously, a snowy match up in Berlin this Friday night, which we'll talk a bit more about later. So, yeah, so let's uh, just uh, have a look at this week, week 20 now. Wow, the season's progressing quickly, isn't it? We're already on to week 20 now. We've got another 14 matches after this week. So, yeah, let's have a look at the week 20's uh, Mark's Mystery Anagram. So, as you can see, it is reversal lingo. It's two words, reversal lingo. So, if you want to take a pen, if you are watching at home, I'm just going to read it for you slowly. Remember, if you're listening on our podcast, obviously you can't see the screen. So, just take a pen and write it down for later reference. If you want to, if you have a few minutes at work free, you can try and do this anagram. So, yeah, so it's the first word is reversal, R-E-V-E-R-S-A-L. And the second word is lingo. So it's L-I-N-G-O, reversal lingo. So remember, it has to be something related to the Bundesliga. It can either be a club, a player, slash head coach or manager. 
So, yeah, it has to be something related to the top tier of the Bundesliga. So, yeah, enjoy. Let's see if you can get Mark's Mystery Anagram for week 20. Remember to comment and, uh, yeah, let us know what you think your answers are. We're getting more and more comments each week, which is really, really good. We had a good reaction to our prediction show as well. So it's fantastic that we're getting more and more people commenting and really interacting with us because we want to know more about our viewers and uh, what you guys think as well. So that brings an end to uh, the recap of the anagram for this week. So let's have a look at the results for week 20. So as Rory said before, there were only uh, eight games this week because obviously the Bielefeld versus Werder Bremen game got cancelled due to heavy snow in Nordrhein-Westfalen. So let's have a look at the results from uh, this weekend. So Friday night we had Hertha Berlin nil, Bayern won. Another home defeat for Hertha Berlin. Maybe a little bit better performance, though. We had Augsburg nil, Wolfsburg 2. Another win for Wolfsburg. We had Leverkusen 5, Stuttgart 2. I think we predicted goals in this one, Rory, and we weren't wrong. <laughs> yeah, a good match there in uh, the Bay Arena. Then we had the shock of the weekend. We had Freiburg 2, Dortmund 1. But I'm not even sure that you call it a shock. Uh, nowadays, but we'll talk a bit more about that later. We had a home win for Mainz, 1-0 against Union, the third win of the season for Mainz. Then we had a predictable 3-0 win away at Schalke for RB Leipzig, who remained second. Then we had a, the derby, the Rhine derby, wasn't it, this week? Yeah, and it was a fantastic win for Cologne, getting revenge for their defeat at home to Gladbach earlier in the season. They got a 2-1 win in Gladbach. And then the only game on Sunday was a 3-1 win for ridiculously high-flying Frankfurt against uh, continuously faltering Hoffenheim. So, yeah, a good weekend of football. So let's uh, try and dissect in a bit more detail now what went on. So let's have a look. So let's have a look at OTB's featured four for the week. So we've had a, it was a pretty tricky to choose four games from this week in truth. But yeah, we did manage to do that. And we're going to start with the shock of the weekend, which was indeed Freiburg's 2-1 win at home to faltering Dortmund, which was actually Dortmund's eighth defeat of the season. Eight losses in 20 games. You couldn't have imagined that when we started the season in February. But yeah, I mean, this was a, an end entertaining game Rory what what was your analysis on that one yeah it was a good game um I think it was one certainly that you could have easily predicted where both teams would score um the way that both teams attack is, is entertaining and the certainly the way the Dortmund are defending um you kind of thought that if Freiburg played close to their potential they would create all sorts of of you know problems for the Dortmund defence and that proved so. Um, obviously, the two goals that they actually score aren't necessarily um, because Dortmund have been cut in half by slick passing moves or anything like that. It's it's you know purely because the first goal they don't really get out Chong quick enough and you know they the defenders are probably like yeah you know you can have a hit from there. He, he hits it clean and, you know, ultimately, you know, the, the standing keeper at the moment hits, doesn't react well uh, or well enough to it, can't get his legs moving and, you know, it goes in. It is a good hit. Um, so that's obviously 1-0 just into the second half, that is. And then, 
you know, if you're Dortmund, you need to try and react well, consolidate, keep the game at 1-0 for a bit and then push on. But no, the absolute opposite happens. And then the ball falls nicely for Schmidt, uh, well, far out on the right-hand side of, of the box. And he hits it as well, chances his arm. And uh, again, it's a clean hit, but it goes straight through, uh, hits his hands, hits the post, and then goes in off him to add insult to injury. So... Obviously, that's 2-0. Still lots of time in the game to go, but you're kind of thinking that, if anything, Freiburg will score more goals. Um, and then, to you know, to credit Dortmund, they did come back into it. A few subs that were made did make an, an impact. Of course, the young lad, Mukoko, came on for, for Marco Royce uh, and did make an impact because Haaland uh, played him in and, you know, he finished well, actually. Um, the youngster did have chances before and after that, actually, to potentially get an equaliser, essentially an undeserved one as well, really. Um, but he fluffed his lines, especially the one right at the end. I think he actually slips. Um, so it's a bit unfortunate, really, for him. But, yeah, obviously, looking back to our show last week, um, where we had Josh on from JJD TV, um, go and watch that if you haven't already. Um, we were chatting a lot about Dortmund, um, how he was quite encouraged by by the win that they'd had that week, maybe a few different tweaks, formations. But at the moment, like if you haven't got the players, you can only do so much with formations and uh, I mean, goalkeepers is a huge thing as well at the moment. Um, uh, we've already spoken how we they're lacking a top-class coach. Um, yeah, there's a lot going wrong at the moment for Dortmund. So, yeah, that, that, that's a big issue for them. They're slipping down. Um, they're fortunate that they're still in the race for the top four for me, really, because in another season where there had been more more points collected by all the other teams. I think they wouldn't really have a chance. They still do, so they'll be happy about that. But now Freiburg are well in the equation after a fantastic performance. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's been a long, sustained run of form, really, from Freiburg. I think they're on a, a run of seven wins from 11 games now. So, I mean, it's a sustained run. That was their eighth win of the season this year. For me, I think uh, probably the biggest point in this game was a difference in the goalkeepers, really. I mean, I think one point that you didn't mention is the... The Florian Muller, the the Hoffenheim goalkeeper, made an not the Hoffenheim, the Freiburg goalkeeper, yeah. made a great save from Haaland as well. I think he kind of slid in. He looked as though it would be in for all the world. And not only did the keeper save it, but he made sure that Haaland couldn't get back and have a rebound as well. Which I thought that was a key save because I mean, if Dortmund go one nil ahead, you'd still strongly fancy them to win the game, you know, mm -hmm. because Hoffen yeah. for Freiburg they are an attacking side. And they're a side that want to play on the front foot, really. I think like they'd have tried to press the game very hard. And I think they could potentially have lost two or three nil if they could have gone ahead. But yeah, I mean, they get in at nil-nil. And then, I mean, the, the first 10 minutes are just a disaster, aren't they, for Dortmund? It's just Marvin hits. I mean, it's just not good enough at the end of the day, is it? It's just... Um, I mean, at times this season, the goalkeeping hasn't been great in the Bundesliga, to be honest. I've got to be honest. I think there's been a lot of mistakes from a lot of goalkeepers, really. But, I mean, Dortmund have got serious issues. And I think, um, I mean, obviously, they have been talking about a replacement. But the only replacement that's really been touted recently is Peter Gulazzi from uh, RB Leipzig. And, I mean, he's another goalkeeper that we've said before that we're not a massive fan of on the show <laughs> as well. So, it's just... Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it does seem as though the Bundesliga is a bit short of top quality goalkeepers. But I mean, yeah, I've got to be honest, Florian Muller has been one of the better ones in recent weeks for Freiburg. They're an attacking side, so we have to face a lot of shots. So, yeah, I mean, fair play to him. That was a big save. Football's all about these small moments, isn't it? You know, and it's just like he if he doesn't make that save, the one nil down just before half time, and you'd imagine Dortmund going to win. 2-1, 2-0, something like that. But then within 10 minutes of the second half, the 2-0 down and pretty much out of the game, really. And it's just uh, Freiburg are in too much confidence to let a 2-0 lead slip at the minute. And I would say they, I wouldn't say they held on confidently, but like relatively confidently, really. It's just, uh, and yeah, it's a famous win for them, really, for Freiburg. They don't get many wins against the, the kind of very big boys like your Bayerns and your Dortmund. So fair play to them, really. Yeah, it's a big swing in 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 the points as well in the table because Freiburg are now only two points off Dortmund. Um, obviously, if the result goes the other way, you know Dortmund are looking a lot more comfortable. That's brought Freiburg. Well, they're already in the conversation for say top six, but now all of a sudden, I mean, why why not target top four? Um, it's such a strange season. Only well. Months and months ago, we were talking about how how Freiburg were, you know, hanging on to their coattails to even stay in the division. Uh, that seems like a long, long time ago now. But yeah, fair play to them. They turned their season completely around, and it was yeah, thoroughly deserved win. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of players in that Freiburg side who you can say are really having good seasons. You know, obviously Grifo we've mentioned a lot, but also Jong now. Like, it does seem that with the Bundesliga, this happens a lot, doesn't it? Like, players just come from nowhere, really, and they have a stretch of, like, maybe five, ten games where they just kill it. And, and Wu Yong Jong is on that run at the moment. I think that's three goals in five games now, four goals in seven games. And, I mean, it's just like, obviously, Demirovic as well has been on great form the whole season, really. And Hurler is a good player. Santa Maria is starting to prove his uh, transfer fee. I think they paid a relatively hefty 10 million euros for him. And I think for a team like Freiburg, that's a lot of money, you know. And yeah, I mean, it's just turned into a great season for them. It's just, uh, I mean, for a side like Freiburg, they just want to stay in the division. And as it happens, they're, they're still in the race for top six, at least, maybe even top four. So, yeah, fair play to them. And uh, Christian strikes men. So let's move on to probably the game of the weekend in terms of entertainment. It was indeed Leverkusen versus Stuttgart, which ended in a fantastic 5-2 win for Bayer Leverkusen. Obviously, they've been on a terrible run. I think they'd lost five of the, the previous six before this game or five of the previous seven. So, yeah, they're going to be really happy to be not only amongst the wins, but amongst the goals as well. Rory, what did you make of that one? Yeah, I mean, it kind of... Um kind of feels a bit similar to to earlier on in the season where where Leverkusen were kind of stumbling through their opening few games and then I think they put five or six goals in in the Europa League I think it was against Nice if uh, if memory serves me well and and then from that point on they just used it as a building uh, as the building blocks of of their first half of the season and that pushed them onto a really good run of form um yeah if I mean you've got to kind of try and use this as a catalyst really for for a real strong push now for Leverkusen um yeah the game itself was really entertaining Leverkusen came out strong uh Derby and Bailey were really really good from from both sides of of Schick um 
obviously the manager thing has now seen sense uh, to actually start with an actual striker rather than just chucking um, poor little Florian Verts up front, well, as a false nine or whatever you want to call it. Um, so, yeah, so the, the team had a bit, bit more of a better balance, I think. Um, I certainly think that Stuttgart's defence this season has sometimes left a bit to be desired. They do concede goals, um, and so that's probably something to target. I do like Kempf in the back, but sometimes when they play with this back three, the wing backs. So, for example, uh, Silas was effectively playing as a wing back, which I'm not entirely sure he's always comfortable with because he's he's a lot better utilised in that freer role where he doesn't really have to defend that much because a lot of the time Leverkusen were kind of picking those areas, the gap between the wider centre-back and the full-back or the wing-back, so to speak. And they were getting in with ease. And it happens um, certainly with the second goal where Demirbe has is, is played in quite nicely um, and it's just through on goal and obviously just puts it through Kobel's legs to make it 2-0. Um, and then obviously Stuttgart lost their talisman, I think, in the first half with, with um, Gonzalez having to go off. However, the sub didn't do a bad job at all uh, as Kaladzic came on and bagged himself a brace. Um, two really well-taken goals, actually, especially the second one um, from Eric Tommy's cross. Really nice finish off the post. Um, yeah, they gave themselves a chance to guard in the second half. They got it back to 2-1 uh, to at one stage, but then Leverkusen came straight back and, and scored uh, to make it 3-1 really quickly and then 4-1 and then the game's dead. Um, so... Yeah, Leverkusen needed this absolutely more so than Stuttgart did. Um, Stuttgart are literally the definition of a mid-table team. They're not really in the conversation anymore for you know messing around with top six. Um, they're certainly not in the conversation for me in terms of relegation. So I think they can just concentrate on, on building for next season, really. And, and for me, the area that they need to improve on is defence. Um, they Obviously, you don't want to ship goals in the Bundesliga, um, but obviously it's what one thing we love about the league is seeing goals uh, go flying in and I love their approach to approach to the game so that's something that they might want to address but uh, Leverkusen looked really good Bailey and Diaby looked on fire um, so it was a really good win for Leverkusen and, and can they use this now to, to push forward to try and get themselves back in that top four yeah, absolutely. I think another issue for Stuttgart as well is that they don't seem to be able to get like that fantastic 11 that was starting the season in such good form on the pitch together. That's the problem. I mean, obviously, we mentioned last week that Castro went off injured. He didn't play any part. He's a very key player because it's a young team apart from him. I mean, he's like the kind of he's like the um, the godfather of that team, really, isn't he? So he's got so much experience and he's also been a quality player too. I mean, young Roberto Massimo replaced him and I think that's yeah. his first start in the Bundesliga today. I mean, as we mentioned, obviously, in the Bundesliga, you do see this quite often. Players just come out of the blue and they, they do really well. But I mean, I think the problem is with Stuttgart, as you say, they can't get that full 11, the, the first strength 11 on the pitch, you know. And I think, obviously, Gonzalez has started to pick up a few injuries now as well. He went off. I mean, Kaladzic is a very, very capable replacement. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he, I think that's six or seven league goals he's got, and he's barely started all season. Yeah. So, I mean, he's something of a super sub, really. So he's still a good player. But I mean, Gonzalez is like you kind of your talisman, really. And I know that he's also been linked with Dortmund, I think, recently too, and yeah. Leverkusen as well. So there's a few teams that are looking at him. I wouldn't be surprised to see him leave in the summer 
to be honest with you. And I, I would like to see him get a run of games again, like he did at the start of the season, because um, I think, yeah, I mean, with a newly promoted side like Stuttgart, they're not going to have bags of strength in depth. And you're going to see like young players replacing first team players. And I just want to see. I also think maybe Waturu Endo has kind of gone off form a little bit after a very good start to the season. He was one of my favorite players for them the first 10 games. So he's not been quite as influential. Mm -hmm. Fundu is, uh, I mean, sorry, Silas has still been absolutely brilliant as well. Mm -hmm. He's. like, but as you say, I mean, maybe they're a bit too attacking because I don't think he's really set up to be a wing back, to be honest with you. It's too much. He's your, your kind of flair player, really. You know, in amongst uh, the front, you can't have him doing too much defensively as well. And I just think, um, yeah, maybe the team is a little bit too attacking. Also, as you mentioned about the defence, I mean, I'm not a big fan of Mav- Mavroponos, to be honest yeah. with you. Like, my team, Nuremberg, had him at the, on loan from Arsenal at the end of last season, and he was useless to be honest with you and Mm -hmm. i was very shocked to see that stuttgart signed him in the bundesliga in truth because Mm -hmm. Nuremberg fans just wanted him out of the door as quickly as possible to be honest with you and i i don't really think he's done well anywhere has he to be honest (laughs) and i think yeah i mean he is a first choice i mean they play a back three you know and i mean he is a first choice center half for them and i just Mm -hmm. Not for me, I'm sorry. Yeah, as you say, Kempf is pretty capable, but perhaps Anton and Mavroponos are not the, the most able, you know. But yeah, I mean, this is the first season back in the Bundesliga. It's about like, they just needed to stay up and they've done very well. I mean, they're still having a good season ultimately, but mm-hmm. it has tailed off a little bit since Christmas, let's be honest. Yeah, I just want to quickly add the and um, give credit to Leverkusen, particularly for the fourth goal, which was a really, really nice team goal, actually. Uh, one of the best team goals the thing we've seen this season where they win it in Stuttgart's half play it forward some really nice interchange up to the edge of the area and, and Diaby's little dink into the area for, for Verts to run onto perfectly and then lob the keeper with that header was was fantastic so yeah. superb oh, wow. for that and another interesting well in, with regards to the goal scorer of the fifth goal Damare Gray on loan from Leicester on his debut um I think he's a player who could really suit the Bundesliga actually um yeah. it'd be nice to see him hit his his straps um not quite worked out at Leicester for him so I think that could be a good move for him so we'll, we'll keep a close eye on how he goes because in theory Leverkusen got plenty of talent going forward now yeah, I agree. I'm a big fan of Damari Gray, actually. Yeah, I always liked him at Leicester, but I just think he's perhaps not suited to the, pre- the Premier League because you need to do a lot of kind of teamwork and tracking back, whereas I think he he's just an out-and-out attacker, really. He's an out-and-out wide player, isn't he? And I think, but I can definitely see him getting goals in the Bundesliga, without doubt. Yeah, And obviously, Fozu Mensa as well starting today, which is quite interesting as a Man United fan, I would imagine. Yeah, it'd be good to see him get a good run. Um, he's certainly someone who had loads of potential and always wanted him to see him in a Man United shirt and have a good run. Um, but, it, yeah, it never happened. Again, it, it might be that the Bundesliga suits him more as a player. Um, certainly probably see him more as a centre-back as, as his career goes on. Um, but, yeah, it'll be, hopefully he does well at Leverkusen. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on to the Rhine derby now. Yeah, so yeah, this was an interesting match. I think most people have had this down as a glad back win. But yeah, FC Cologne, they've made a habit of winning these big games away from home. Obviously, they won at Dortmund as well. Another team to beat Dortmund, obviously. Yeah, and now they get another kind of big five win against uh, Gladbach as well. 
I mean, they've started to attack more for me. Like I think early on in the season, they were a very like conservative, cagey side. And I think we've just seen the managers has changed tack, hasn't he, basically? And he said, let's just have a go. Like they've started to play more like a typical Bundesliga side who do attack. They do break forward in numbers. We saw it when they played Schalke away from home a while back. They got a goal on the break. And yeah, I mean, the same this weekend, you know, it's been a fantastic result for them, that Rory. Yeah, it was indeed. Um, and yeah, I completely agree with what you're saying, actually, in terms of how they've changed their approach a little bit. And they are just being more positive, trying to go after teams. And it just goes to show when you actually try to attack teams, you generally get your rewards, especially in the Bundesliga, because we've already alluded to sometimes the, the quality of defending and, and goalkeepers certainly this season has been lacking. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they, they played really well, actually. It was... Um, in a typically, you know, fairly ferocious and high tempo and high emotive game. Uh, there are certainly a good few yellow cards being brandished out in the game. Uh, I think Stindl got booked after a minute, actually. So it pretty much summed up um, the approach by both teams. Um, but yeah, I think ever since uh, Clones win against Schalke, I think it was, where they won it late on, I think they've just since then relaxed into it and thought that that was a big win for them ultimately uh being Schalke and now it's just giving them this more relaxed approach where they think they can actually go out and have have been more of a go at teams they've got maybe not as much pressure on them obviously there's still table pressure in terms of points and and where they sit but all of a sudden the league is looking a, a lot more presentable for them certainly in terms of being away from that 17th position um looking at the table now they're you know they're a good amount of points away i think they're eight points away from 17. so that's a good little bumper for them uh, another huge result for them um in terms of the game itself the goals um first the first goal is a really nice pass in from duda um to set up um i'm probably going to embarrass myself here for for the uh, my attempt to pronounce his name so apologies uh to the player and all you uh well, Cologne fans out there, Rec Becker um, latches on to the through ball from Duda and, and uh, his finish is actually deflected after he kind of cuts back and beats Sommer in net. Um, and then Gladbach ultimately get themselves back in the game via Florian Neuhaus. But if we're talking about deflections, <laughs> I think Neuhaus's one was uh, even worse in terms of it hit one player, then hit the shins of another and then goes in the opposite uh, side of the goal so Timo Horn has no chance with that one but that didn't you know didn't kind of uh you know burst the bubble so to speak of Cologne they you know they reacted well uh, there were still chances for both sides I'd only say half chances for Gladbach really Cologne did look really dangerous and um and then it obviously proved proved to be the case um but I mean obviously Gladbach have shot themselves in the foot with the second goal Cologne tried to get the ball forward and Gladbach recovered the ball. They're trying to now play out, you know, ticky tacker from the back and in, in, from a high press from Cologne, you know, they win the ball uh, as it's intercepted by by the goal scorer. Um, and it kind of falls nicely for him. And it's kind of a bit in between him and Sommer. Sommer kind of half comes out and then leaves a really easy, presentable chance. And, uh, and the striker, you know, is able to to place it under Sommer's legs, and and it's going to basically an empty net. It was a really tidy finish, actually. And then there you go, that you know, that's the 
that's the match winner in the end. So, yeah, fair play to Cologne. It's a huge result for them. Gladbach will be incredibly, incredibly deflated. Obviously, a big derby, a big chance to, you know, kickstart the second half of their season. But, yeah, went to pop for them, really. Yeah, I think the key for Cologne as well is I think the big summer signing was Andre Duda as well. Like They got him from Hertha Berlin. He'd been like first choice for Hertha Berlin for years before that. And like when I saw Hertha Berlin play away in Nuremberg, I was really impressed with him. For me, he was their best player. And like I was quite shocked to see him go to Cologne. I was quite, quite shocked to see. I mean, obviously, Hertha Berlin, they probably thought, like, let's try and get bigger a higher caliber of player or whatever but yeah he was like a really good signing for them and to be honest he didn't start the season very well in truth he seemed to be struggling to get used to playing maybe in a more defensive style of football but recently he's really come good you know i think the last since christmas and maybe just before christmas and yeah as you say another good assist this weekend for him yeah i think also they've shown a bit of ambition as well they got obviously emmanuel dennis as well from club Brugger is a good signing a very very fast striker i mean he came off after about an hour in this game but still it was another he's another player that i can see doing well in a bundesliga level i think for the first half of the season they struggled to replace cordoba who went the other way to Hertha berlin he was obviously yeah. the talisman from last season but yeah i mean they could have a good player there you know and I think, yeah, I mean, obviously, they, they got Max Meyer as well. He didn't come on today. Probably wasn't his kind of game, but a player that could potentially rekindle his form at Cologne. So I think, yeah, I mean, things are looking good for them. They're four points clear of the relegation zone now, the relegation playoff place, and they're like eight points clear of their automatic place. And I don't think they need to worry about automatic relegation. I think it's just about... I mean, they don't even need to worry about relegation at all at the moment. They just need to keep trying to pick up results and improving performance levels, which they are yep. doing really well. I think, again, with, um, I mean, obviously with, with Gladbach, I, d I don't understand uh, Marco Rose's uh, team selection at times. I really don't. I mean, I understand that they played they play midweek in the Cup and they played a full team in that game with two random player, and now they're playing a derby in the league when they need to get top four and they're resting both players. I don't mm. understand it. I mean, whether he wants silverware, I would imagine that is the situation. Obviously, they beat Stuttgart in the cup in midweek. Maybe he wants to win a cup or maybe he's got orders to go for the cup. But, I mean, to me, obviously, coming from the Premier League, teams always kind of prioritise the league over the cup, always, really, even the lesser teams. And it, I just find it a bit strange at times the team selection in the league it's almost like they just said okay we don't care about the league this year we just want to focus on the champions league and the cups i mean they've not done that badly i mean they're still in what they're still only uh the seventh and only uh four points adrift of champions league positions but it's i think really with the quality in that team i mean so much quality you know kramer stindl there's no end of quality i mean they should probably be getting top four this year really rory yeah I, well i agree i think um, based on the best starting eleven that they could put out there, it, it's it's more than good enough to to compete, and, and you know it's probably one of the best four teams in the Bundesliga. Um, but yeah, form, uh, personnel, you know, obviously lots of whispers about the manager potentially going, you know, over to over to Dortmund at the end of the season. It probably kind of creates a bit of a hostile, you know, atmosphere around the club um hopefully not and you know hopefully they can turn things around but right now obviously it's not it's not kind of producing what you'd call a stable environment for you know consistent football which obviously is proving the case because they win they lose they draw you know it's it's very inconsistent 
Absolutely. So let's go on to the final featured four game this week, which was yet another win for Frankfurt. That's now seven wins in eight games, and the other win was a draw. The other match was a draw. So that's twenty-two points in eight games they've collected now. I mean, it's just superb, isn't it? Obviously, today, I mean, for me, they were well on top in the first half. I think they were pretty dominant in that first half, really. They perhaps could have got another goal or two. But then they had a rare setback, obviously, um, with uh, the, the home side equalising just after half time, with another assist from Kramerich with, uh, obviously, Bebu, who was our zero of the week last week. He banged <laughs> in a goal to kind of redeem himself a little bit. But nothing seems to be keeping Frankfurt down at the moment. And obviously, a bit of an unsung hero, Evan and Dicker, getting the goal from a Philip Costage assist. And then good old Andre Silva with yet another goal from yet another Costage assist who got a goal and two assists in this game. I mean, what a, another great performance, really, um, uh, Rory. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, very well played, Frankfurt. Um, I think, as you said, they, they were dominant in the first half and, you know, more, more than a one-goal lead wouldn't, you know, wouldn't have been unfair. Um, it was kind of billed as, you know, Kramerich versus Silva because obviously we've seen both strikers have good seasons um, in the mix for, you know, the golden boot. Well, I say the golden boot is probably going to be Lewandowski, isn't it? <laughs> the second place to the golden boot winner. Um, and ultimately, yeah, Silva Silva's kind of won this round because his, his team put in a an excellent performance. Um, as you alluded to, they did have a setback. Um, Fair play to you know to Hoffenheim and and the manager um, for bringing on Bebu um, because he didn't start the game. Whether that was because of his poor performance the other week, I don't know. Um, I think that's obviously uh, quite possible. But he comes on and makes an instant impact. So well done to him. Um, you know, proving proving that he is a quality player and you know took his goal really well. Um, and then obviously when you say one one, you see the, you see a goal go in and the team that scores it you presume kind of go on the front foot and Hoffenheim were for a little bit but then Frankfurt just eased back into things and obviously as you mentioned Kostic then after his goal in the first half became provider in the second half with, with the corner for Ndicker and then obviously setting up Silver for what he does best getting the perfect header to make it 3-1 and, and obviously kill the game um I mean, everything's clicking for Frankfurt. Obviously, we've been chatting about it a little bit off, you know, off air and over over our chats and stuff and saying that right now the formation suits them down to the ground. Everything's working. Every player's doing what they should do. Um, and, you know, if things don't go well, you know, they've got the likes of, you know, Jovic to come off the bench. You know, if, if Kamada's starting on the bench, he can come on. Eunice is playing really well. You know, he's connecting the dots perfectly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you if you have to say right now, you know, would they come in the top four? I think absolutely. Like, there's absolutely zero reason why they shouldn't do on this form. Obviously, there's a long, long way to go yet. You know, 13, 14 games. Um of the Bundesliga season and things can soon go wrong with injuries or or bad form but yeah they look like a real side at the moment a force to be reckoned with and I, I look forward to you know some some more tasty games ahead when they play the you know the bigger teams and you know games against Wolfsburg and Leipzig and, and Bayern and the champions there will be really exciting games to watch. Yeah, I mean, obviously, even today, though, I mean, Hoffenheim away is no easy game. Like, we've seen, obviously, Bayern, one of their only two defeats of the season came uh, at the SAP Arena in Hoffenheim. 
So, I mean, obviously, I mean, Hoffenheim, they've, they've not gone on to have a great season, let's be honest. I mean, we've talked a lot about their defensive problems. They don't look a particularly motivated team, but I wouldn't say they play badly today, to be honest. But it's just, it's a case of Frankfurt just being really, really on it at the moment. And as you say, I mean, as we've mentioned a lot, but there's not a single player in that team that's not playing well at the moment. That's how well they're going, you know. I mean, yeah. just especially the midfield and the attack is just absolutely perfect, really. The wing-backs, Kostic is... I mean, we said a few weeks ago that he's back to the form of two years ago, but I think he's probably gone beyond that as well now. I mean, back then he played more of like a wide player in a front three. Nowadays he plays more of a wing-back. But, I mean, he seems to be combining the brilliantly you know and Eric Durham on the other side is just as good really perhaps not quite, he doesn't get the stats but I mean another quality player it's just a great team really and it's Sal it's like the kind of uh, like the one that breaks up the play in the midfield it's just there's, there's not one player in there that's not playing well and Eunice is for me I'll probably have him in the top two or three young players of the season to be honest with you I mean he's been brilliant since he came into the team I think like after seven or eight games this year it's just been a great season and it, they go from strength to strength, Frankfurt. And I agree with you. For me, I, I see them as, I definitely see them as getting top four this year. I really do. Okay, so that concludes our featured four for the week. So let's just round up the other four games. So yeah, no better place to start by doing by looking at Wolfsburg's 2-0 win over Augsburg. I mean, we talked about Frankfurt and Freiburg's form, but I mean, Wolfsburg are not far off that level themselves, Rory. Yeah, I think, well, it's, you know, you could very much argue if you're a Wolfsburg fan that they are the form team in, in the Bundesliga as well. And who, you know, who could say otherwise? Um, they just have a way at the moment. They, you know, they kind of, um, at times they, they look a bit awkward or, you know, sometimes they aren't maybe as free-flowing as other teams, but they know how to score goals. And, and I think we've already mentioned in previous weeks how their defence does the job quite nicely. They've got a good partnership at the back there. Um, good keeper as well. Um, so, yeah, I think things are, you know, looking quite good for Wolfsburg. Um, the ever, you know, the evergreen Veghorst, you know, lovely finish for his goal. Um looks on fine form i think he's dyed his hair as well which is a bit odd <laughs> um, and yeah i mean it could obviously it could have been more than two uh baku i think had two two other goals chalked off for var um the first one was really close i think the first one that was uh, chalked off for offside um so yeah they were you know cutting arsberg to pieces um, so yeah, they go from strength to strength in third place. Fantastic for them. Uh, I really hope that it continues. Um, very quickly on Augsburg, um, they are dropping quite quickly, and we, I think we said it in previous weeks actually that they get they get a bit close to the relegation zone, but then they just switch on and think right, we need to win here, and they find it. So I fully expect them to do that, and then I think they'll be fine in terms of staying out of trouble. Yeah, I think it's tough for them against teams that are playing so well and teams that have got quality up front. They tend to get the wins more against the lower teams, I guess. So, yeah, I mean, they go to Leipzig next, so that could easily be another defeat. But, yeah, I mean, on Wolfsburg, I would say uh, another play that's really come to the fore in recent weeks is Baku. I think he's deserves a lot of credit. He, he Another player that's just kind of come from nowhere, really, and he's been really good since Christmas, you know. So, yeah, I mean, another player who's on form. But, yeah, definitely Wolfsburg, another side who are looking really good for top four at the moment. Uh, a lot of teams are going to be worried. Your Dortmunds, your Leverkusens, they're going to be worried, really. Yeah. 
Okay, so obviously Friday night, I think the game was a little bit ruined. I wouldn't say it was a bad game, but I mean, it was it was tarnished a little bit by the weather, I guess. I mean, I think if that was in England, they might just have postponed that game, to be honest with you, because I mean, it was really heavy snow in the capital on Friday night. And yeah, I mean, also a pretty lucky deflected goal from Comal, you know, it just it's just buying all over in some ways, isn't it? I mean, it's a really lucky goal. Like the deflection just takes it high enough to go over the keeper and below the bar, you know. It's just it's just rotten luck, that one, Rory. Yeah, it's horrible. Horrible to see the, uh, those ones go in when, when it's against your team, you know. Uh, obviously, big slice of luck. Um, very unlike Lewandowski to miss the penalty, though. Uh, good save from Yarstein in goal. Made up for the yeah. fact that he gave it away in the first place. Tripping, uh, tripping Sane went through on goal. Um, yeah, Bayern, Bayern obviously did have chances uh, against a struggling team. Herta, obviously. Um, results haven't gone their way of late and certainly not this weekend either. Um, so, yeah, I mean, great, great chance at the end for Matthias Cunha. Played for on goal by Genduzi. It's got to then obviously finish the chance and you can get yourself a draw. I think that was in the 87th minute. Um, so, yeah, as you alluded to earlier, Mark, you know, small moments in games, you know, obviously decide the result. You know, Bayern ultimately kind of take their opportunity, obviously, with a deflected goal and then her to don't. Uh, that's the way of football when you're not in form. Um, so they've got to dust themselves down very quickly and hope that they get some points soon because they are dead in trouble right now, Hertha. Absolutely. I think they'll be happy that the game between Bielefeld got postponed, to be honest, because obviously if Bielefeld had got a point, they'd have dropped into that relegation yeah. playoff. And I mean, we've been saying all year that they've been underperforming, but, but I mean, bottom three is just absolutely atrocious for a side with some of the names that they've got in the team, really. Yeah. Okay, so obviously the the biggest win of the weekend, well, the joint biggest win was Leipzig at, at Schalke. I mean, usually a three nil away when we'd have it in the top four, the featured four. But I mean, this one was so predictable, really, and the performance was just. I mean, Leipzig had managed uh, twenty four shots away from home, you know, compared to three from Schalke. It's just, it's just not getting better for Schalke, is it, Rory? Let's be honest. No, um, it's definitely not. Um, the fact that they're not really been able to call on their, you know, their big signing, so to speak, in Huntelaar, um, he's not, I don't think he started. Obviously, they've got Matthew Hopp, who's come to the fore, but I think Huntelaar's now picked up an injury. Um, certainly wasn't in the matchday squad. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's obviously a bad start. Um, coming across a team that... To be fair, RB are playing some really nice stuff. Angelino again with two more assists. Um, perfect, perfect little tee up for Sabitzer, I think, for the second goal. Um, again, Sorloff still isn't scoring goals though. Uh, had a few good chances to bag a few. Um, but yeah, comfortable win for RB. They need to keep on reacting to what Bayern do ultimately and then hope that they drop points somewhere and then can take advantage. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're doing what they can. Um, at the end of the day, playing some nice stuff, um, look good. Can't see them falling any lower than second unless they, you know, go on a bad spell. But generally speaking, when they don't play well, they at least get a draw, which some teams in the top five, uh, top four to six don't generally do. Um, so RB look good for second for me right now. And yeah, uh, unless they can catch Bayern, it will be second place. Yeah, I think another thing in this game is just how easy is it to score against Schalke as well. I mean, obviously, they signed Mustafi, who 
I mean, I think all fans of the Premier League wouldn't really be that impressed. But I think in Germany, they quietly saw it as a decent signing. You know, I mean, this is a guy who's been in the centre of Arsenal's defence for what? Like the last four or five years. I'm not sure whether that says much, but yeah. I mean, to go to the team that are rock bottom of the Bundesliga, it's quite a coup, I guess. But I mean, he, he could have got sent off after like 10 minutes. I mean, he went in with like a double-footed challenge. I think the, the ref gave him a booking and then even checked the VAR whether it was worse. You know, I mean, that would have been like, I think all Premier League fans would have been like, yeah, that's Mustafi all over, you know. And yeah, and he lost yeah. his man for, for the first goal as yeah. well. Mukiele <laughs> was his man. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. so, so, yeah, I mean, the fact that they've got two Arsenal defenders in there now, obviously, for, for Schalke fans, you kind of say, yeah, just, you know, fill, fill in a few gaps. It might do all right for now, but... For, yeah, it could be disastrous, really, if they yeah. carry over their Arsenal form. Um, certainly Mustafi, yeah, not good. Yeah, yeah. For, for me, I've been saying, I said to you before the show, Rory, for me, the, the game at Union next week is absolutely win or bust now, you know, because I think they've still got to play. I think the week after that, they have the, um, the Ruhr derby with uh, Dortmund. And again, Dortmund have just got too much going forward for them, haven't they? Yeah. They can't play any team who are good going forward. They just can't even... Like, they create so many chances against them. It's scary, really. You know, I mean, 24 shots away from home. And I wouldn't even say it was Leipzig's best performance of the season, really. You know, I mean, the goals were pretty basic, mostly. But still, a good win for them. And they'll be happy after uh, kind of make up for the, the Mainz defeat a couple of weeks ago as well. Okay, so on to the last game of the weekend. Yeah, talking of Mainz, it was a big win for Mainz. I mean, this probably wasn't the best game of football you're ever going to see, you know. But I mean, for Mainz, obviously the penalty through Niakete, it, it looked as though it had missed, to be honest. It, hit, it clattered against the post. And in a rare bit of luck for the lower teams, it actually just about... Uh, claimed the other side of the net and just got in. I mean, usually you see them hit the other posts to come out somehow for the bottom teams, don't you? But in this case, it did go in and they, they got a big win, Rory, there. Yeah, I think they've given themselves a slice of hope, yeah, for sure, uh, which is good to see for the Bundesliga, I think. Um, obviously, we we were saying that we don't want a, you know, a relegation race where it's boring. We know where the bottom two are going to finish and stuff. So, yeah, that win certainly gives them hope. Uh, they've obviously their win against RB as well. So some unexpected wins for Mainz fans has really kind of boosted their chances. Four points off Bielefeld, obviously with a game. Bielefeld have that game in hand right now. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, certain, the picture was a lot worse two, three, four games ago. So fair play to them. Um, you know, bit of squad togetherness. Good performance. Obviously, the red card for Union kind of kills the game in after a while. Uh, Schlotterbeck will have better afternoons, you know, giving away the pen and two yellow cards, red card. Yeah, not good. Uh, Union, Union are stumbling uh, a little bit, but that's to be expected. They were well above what they should be achieving anyway. Um, and I'm sure they'll they'll kind of get on another run anyway. Uh, that's just not quite happening for them right now. So uh, big win for Mines, and hopefully they'll uh, they'll pick up some more wins to make it even tighter. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, obviously for Union, I mean, it is uh, three defeats in four and only one point in those, but it, it's certainly nothing to worry about. I mean, they've got 29 points, the way, no, 28 points, the way, way away from any relegation trouble. So, yeah, I mean, they can just cruise through the rest of the season and try and get the form back, really. So... So, yeah, so that concludes our eight-match review of Week 20. So, yeah, so let's take a look, yeah, over to the Hero and Zero of the Week. 
Yeah, let's do it. Let's round up the show very quickly with our hero and zero. Uh, just starting with the hero of the week. Um, tricky one. There was a few good good performances, but we uh, we ended up going with Kostic of, of Frankfurt for his performance today as we're recording. Um, a goal and two assists in another mightily impressive performance for Frankfurt. So well done, Philip Kostic. You are the hero of the week. Uh, enjoy, enjoy your three points and your great performance. So very well done. Uh, moving on to the zero, quite an easy one this week. Um, one standout, as we've already just mentioned him, uh, would have been uh, Mr. Schlotterbeck of Union. Um, Nico, um, yeah, giving away a penalty and getting sent off in a game. You're never going to be uh, too popular with your teammates, <laughs> certainly for that one. So, yeah, bad day at the office for Nico Schlotterbeck. Uh, you're the zero of the week. And that rounds up. Uh, the show, the Bundesliga show for this week. Um, as our regular viewers will be aware, we've now actually moved our predictions into a separate and new show uh, that airs on a Thursday night. So keep an eye out for that. Um, so we'll be doing that for the rest of the season and going forth in, in general. So please do check that out. Um, you know, put in your predictions as you look forward to, to the weekend's games. Um yeah, let us know how we're getting on. Leave us a few comments on, on the anagram. If you're enjoying the show, please do subscribe as well. Uh, it means a lot to, to myself and Mark to hear some, you know, really positive stuff from, from everyone who comments. That, that's brilliant. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll keep on going as long as the Bundesliga football keeps on going. So uh, over, <laughs> over to Mark to finish off this week. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so remember to check out our Twitter feed, which is at Over the Bar FB. We've actually had a really, really big uh, thing this week as well with uh, uh, our League One host, um, Dave Pearson, has actually had a professional football player on uh, on a live interview. Yeah. So, I mean, at, when this goes live, that will already be available for you to watch. So, please check that out, guys. I mean, this is like a real breakthrough. It's the first time on this channel we've ever had like a live interview with a footballer. Obviously, we've had some fantastic guests on this channel before, but this is something of a, a pioneering thing for OTB. So, check that out and make sure you kind of follow everything. Yeah, remember to check out the, uh, the site as well, otbfootball.net. So that's everything for this week. So remember, do the anagram, comment, subscribe, and we'll see you all next week, guys. See you next week.